Hey, what's good? It's me, the Funk Lord, and welcome to another episode of the Damn Good Podcast. My guest today is one of the OGs in the funk biz. Well, he's the OG of the new era of the funk biz. Uh, his name is La Felix. Most of you who listen to any type of new disco, funk, house music have probably heard about him. He's been on the uprise for many, many years now. I followed him back in the SoundCloud days, probably around 2000, I don't know, 12, 13, where he's been producing under a different moniker. And then he slowly transitioned into La Felix. This guy is incredible because he is, first of all, very talented. He has his own style of production. It's very, it's different. It doesn't sound like anything else, yet it sounds very familiar if you listen to his music. I can't even describe it. It sounds something like Def Punk, but more 2020, if you know what I mean. Also, the amount and the speed uh, of sheer output that he had over the last couple of months is incredible. Like, I know this guy has, has a job like he he works full-time in tech and then he produces music on top uh which we talk about on the on the podcast as well but the amount of songs this guy is shitting out is just incredible and they're all good like all of them sound amazing quantity quality it's all there and it's making me super jelly well not actually but he's good so i hope you'll enjoy the podcast we talked about lots and lots of different things we talked about how he manages his day job while being a producer in demand. We also talked about the production process, branding, content, all the juicy stuff that you guys like. So without further ado, let's welcome La Felix. You're listening to the Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quart, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. How's Germany doing with the whole virus thing? Mm. Very good. Like overall, they handle it very, very good. And right now, we're actually getting back to normal. So, starting this Monday, uh, fitness, like uh, gyms, basically, restaurants and bars reopen. So that, that that was those three were the last things to reopen, and everything reopens right now, mm. and we're back to pretty much back to normal, except for the traveling. And of course, we still gotta wear the masks um, while driving trains buses and so on right yeah yeah new zealand's been all right like i think we've got under control like we've had zero cases for the last nine days so like as long as we're good like in our little bubble yeah so right that's a good thing you're like way like far off everyone else yeah. so you don't have like we're pretty much in the center of europe so germany is like the middle around and yeah. then you have like everything like denmark norway uk then you got like all of the eastern countries like poland the czech republic <laughs> and, and so on you have france here you have like switzerland here netherlands <laughs> everything is <laughs> so you guys don't block your borders in anything so people can go in and out uh right now they're blocked okay or they're actually reopening up again but usually they're not like europe right inside of europe you can go like like I could pretty much take whatever three things I need and go to France tomorrow and live there. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Like without any like paperwork needed or pretty much no paperwork. So that's the good thing about Europe. The bad thing is, you know, that shit happens. Um, you got to put regulations in place. Otherwise, <laughs> you got to deal with that shit. So yeah, exactly. this is my first coffee for today. My first and my last coffee. Wait, what time is it there? 
one thirty. Ah, okay, yeah. It's like almost midnight here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> then let's keep it snappy. Then, <laughs> then again. Oh no, I'm an owl, so I, I I'm always up till like four a.m. making music anyway. So. Same, same, dude. <laughs> dude, my sleep schedule has been fucked for years. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I work I work better from like eleven p.m. onwards anyway. So like I don't I get nothing done at seven. Like I'm just not creative. Same. That's why I do like this i do podcasts i do admin work i do like record videos or whatever content i need for instagram and then i sit down like 9 p.m and that's when the magic happens I'm like <laughs> i just started to <laughs> exactly yeah. but do you feel the same way like what's your energy level like during the day my energy is super low compared to what, what i am like i'm amped up at night usually yeah like it actually takes me till about four or five p.m till i actually actually wake up you know i'm, I'm not a morning person at all so um like I do wake up and then I do have energy, but it's just I'm, I'm sleepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It's> same. <laughs> That's why I need to hit the gym, get my fucking blood going, my mm. hormones a little bit up. Yeah, whenever I see your stories, it's like always gym <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, sh I should be going to the gym more. <laughs> yeah. Splice is the shit. Yeah. Splice has been dominating the industry for the last five years. I didn't even realize it was out till like last year. <laughs> So, really? Yeah, I'm loving it now, you know. Well, they, they start, if you remember, or maybe not, probably not, but they started out as a platform to back up your projects in the cloud and collaborate. So they, they didn't even have samples five years ago. What they had is you could sync your Ableton Live project to the cloud and then someone else could download it and it would automatically sync back and forth, kind of like like Dropbox, mm. but only for dedicated projects. Oh, that's cool. Um, and yeah, and and you you can still do it. Like I use it. Here's here's a little life hack. Uh, you can still use it as a backup system for your projects because they have unlimited space. You don't even have to pay for it. <laughs> so you can back up as many projects as you want still. Yeah. So that's what I do. I just back up all of my Ableton projects uh, into Splice, and I don't pay. I thought you were a logic person. No. <laughs> You're Ableton? Ableton Live. Oh, wow. Sure. I'm in Ableton Live since Ableton 6, probably. Um, I used Logic in 2011 for for a while. And then I just, I don't know. It's just Ableton is just, I feel home. First of all, like Ableton is right across the corner from where I live here in Berlin. Like I've heard so many good things about it. So I, I tried switching, but for me, Logic is home. You know, like I can't switch i've been using it too long and it's like my right. native language in the door and i i tried ableton and it's like i, I couldn't i just couldn't I don't, <laughs> I don't have the patience for it you know so yeah yeah <laughs> i guess I'll i mean at learn. this point why uh what's what's the purpose what's the point of switching if you get shit done in logic and you do get shit done very well why would you switch i mean it, it should save you so much time or give you anything that's so positive in terms of like workflow or anything that you would consider switching well no like once i have it down i think it'll be faster in the long run but the learning process is obviously slow but once i have it down i think it'll be quicker like just like pitch shifting format that stuff's already there like ready to go whereas on in logic i have to bring out the plugin and you know like the channel strip so there's like extra three clips you know like stuff yeah. like that it doesn't really matter but you know. <laughs> yeah, that and what I don't like about Logic is the sample management because there is none. Yeah, it doesn't exist for 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 Ab yeah for Ableton. You got the sidebar, 
on the left hand and you have favorite folders. So you have like favorite, I have right now Ableton open in the background, I have samples, compressors, mastering tools, EQ, reverb delay, modulation, and then instruments and all like favorite folders mm. and just everything is sorted there. And like a couple, like the all over drums on the left <laughs> and other um, sample packs. So it's all like straightforward. You just take it, draw, drop it onto onto the track or like a drum rack, and then there you go. In Logic, you gotta open up the Finder, you gotta pull up or like open up Splice, and then look up for the sample, and drag it into the into the session, and then just put it somewhere. Or like if you work with, um, well, right now it's better because with the new update they have the the quick sampler. Mm. That's good. In Logic, have you tried it out? Uh, no, I don't update my logic because <laughs> in case you know, you know what, <laughs> like right. in case anything bugs out, so I just keep it outdated for as long as possible. <laughs> right, but the, but the new quick uh, quick sampler that that is good. Um, it's kind of like the simpler from Ableton. Mm. Like yeah, but I mean like because like I've been I used to be on Logic like eight or nine for the longest time, and then only just recently switched to X, which is ten. And like it's it's awesome, but like I like I think I just like to not update because of the fear of all that you know glitches and bugs that comes out with it. Like I I think I noticed Calvin Harris was still using like Logic Eight when he was showing how he made his music. So I think he's got the same idea. Right. Yeah. Well, he uses lots of real instruments as well. Mm, true. Yeah. I mean, whatever. This whole discussion of like, I use this, you use this. I like, did, did you upgrade? Did you use this? I haven't bought any new plugin in, in almost a year as well. <laughs> Last thing that I did, I, I was upgrading Soothe to Soothe 2 just because it's less CPU heavy. Yeah. And that's it. I haven't bought any, maybe because I have all of the plugins that I need. Like I, I spent like 2000 euros on plugins over the last Damn. <laughs> two and a half years. Um, and I got everything that I need, but there's people hitting me up like, hey, did you see like FabFiller upgrading to FabFiller Saturn 2? I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, I'm good. <laughs> everything works right now. I get shit done, so I don't need anything else on top. Yeah, I think the last one I downloaded was Serum, and then from then on, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't see the point in, in collecting stuff. I don't see the point is just, you know, pile. Everyone has a favorite and then they just go to the same one anyway. <laughs> so what's the point of having 10 when you're going to just use yeah. that one, you know? I got like 80 VSCs installed right now. And then out <laughs> of those 80, <laughs> I maybe pick out 15, the most, the most. Yeah. And that's if you consider like metering and, and whatever extra stuff. For me, I've got, I'm only, I only use about like six or seven. And then from those seven, I only use like two or three presets that I've already made. <laughs> And I'll always go back to that because I know exactly what that sound is, you know, so. Yeah, that that's my workflow as well. I limit myself to like whatever drum samples that I really like and really know they sound good and then whatever instruments and presets that I have and that's it. And I put all of my focus into songwriting and arrangement. Mm. Yeah, I, lo I love the like Atria stuff, like the Prophet and the Whirly, Whirly and like Korg. Like MS20 and like Poly6 and then a bunch of waves, you know, for the technical stuff. <laughs> yeah, more than enough. What's your workflow in terms of production? Like, what do you do? How do you approach production? When it's not a remix, when you sit down and, and produce stuff, how do you start? How do you pick your instruments? Well, there's, there's two ways. So if I'm really trying to start with an original, I would like have a song in mind, like an inspiration 
like I want to make it like that, but then I change the chord progression, slightly change it up. But that doesn't. It's not very successful all the time. My my most successful way is actually remixing. So when I'm remixing, like I already have the vocal down, so I'm trying to build an instrument around like a song around the whole track. And that's when like, I get like a lot of great ideas. So sometimes I'll push one of the ideas as an original <laughs> and then use one for the remix. And that's how I get a lot of good songs, like originals from remixes. You know? Right. Yeah, because like, I think having a vocal to anchor your ideas and keep you grounded, it's, it lets you explore further. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so easy. It's relatively easy. But if you get a vocal, you have like the, the melodic structure. You somewhat hear the harmonic structure in the head, or at least you have an idea of how to approach it, and then you just do that. If I got a vocal, I sit down, I take the main part, and just work out the main chords, and that's it. You know, if you get the main chords, you can do whatever. You just pile on a bunch of layers, modulate stuff, slap some drums underneath. There you go. Mm. Yeah, like remixes can take me like two, three hours and I'm done. Whereas originals, it can take weeks and weeks and you don't know which way you're going. Like you don't know what's good or not. You know, you start doing your head in. Right. In terms of inspiration, um, I often have the problem where I talk to people, even for myself, where I take a song and usually you take it as an inspiration, but where's like the degree between inspiration, like copying someone if you try to go too close? Because, you know, sometimes my, my stuff sounds too close to like an Oliver song, like to a Leno song, because I try to mimic their chord progressions or their, I don't know, their sound design too much. I'm like, dude, like this sounds like a copy of the song. Like what do I do now? Like do I dial it back? Do I like just say fuck it? Like how much, how much copying is copying? Because at, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I don't care because a song is a song. And as much as you want to copy someone else, you will never do it because you're not that guy. Like I'm not Leno, I'm not Oliver. Um, I may have like other stuff that I, that influences me. I have other skills, and at the end of the day, the song will be different. And you don't try to copy shit on purpose, anyways, and you will never do it. Um, so it will sound somewhat different. But there's a thought like, oh, if other people hear this, will they say like this sounds like, oh, you're like a copy of this guy, and you don't want to sound like a copy. You know, you always try to work out as much of a personal style as possible. Although ultimately that's not possible because we all sound similar in a way, you know? There's always like, even Oliver sounds like someone else because he's got his influences, you know? Mm. Because they're like, hey, Oliver sounds like Medion here, like someone else in this part of the track. So how do you deal with that? Well, like if I'm, I usually try and copy one thing, but then change up the other aspects. So if I'm, if I'm copying someone's like drum pattern or the rhythm of it, then I'll, have a completely different chord progression or like a different tempo. And if I'm copying a chord progression, I'll completely change up the the vibe of the track and then it come, I come up with something completely new. Yeah, so that's probably <laughs> how I get around it. <laughs> but like there's been times where it got a bit too close. Like some of my first two tracks are very like Daft Punk influenced. And, I, and people actually gave me a lot of flack for it. You know, like it sounded like something about us, that whole guitar that that right. talk boxy does but do do you care about that at all? Uh, not really. Like I mean a lot of I got a lot of flack for it, but at the same time I got a lot of people asking me how I did it as well. So I mean I had fun with it, but then I moved on to different things. So it's not something I'm gonna keep doing, but it's part of my yeah. 
part of my palette now, so I can use it if I do need it, you know. And it's not, it's not right. yeah. I mean, Daft Punk's been copying and sampling everyone else, so it's just another whole generation doing the same thing. So it's not a bad thing, in my opinion, you know. Yeah. Like even like even with like Led Zeppelin, have you heard of this? I think the American, yeah, the American, but they're called Greater Van Fleet. That's like a German name, but they basically sound like Led Zeppelin, but they're like 16, 17 year olds that sound like Led Zeppelin. They sound better than Led Zeppelin sounds really? now, you know, and they're getting a lot of crap from, you know, Led Zeppelin fans. But at the same time, a lot of Led Zeppelin fans are like super happy as well because they get some new content. Led Zeppelin some, stuff, yeah. right. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's copying everyone. So it's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I mean that's a, that's a progression. If you do if you don't do it on purpose, it's like to cut, like how many people wanted to sound like Justice. <laughs> I mean nobody did in the end, but like how many people tried to copy Justice up until this day? Ugh, if too, you go through SoundCloud, <laughs> there's like too many people. Um, you should see, you should hear some of my remixes. It's basically just <laughs> Justice. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, if Justice is not making is not giving us what we need, someone else will do it, and and that's cool, you know, and. If you don't do it on purpose just to copy them one-to-one, for me, I see this whole thing of people I admire and try to sound like and kind of bring into my palette is, first of all, getting the skill and, like, how did they do it Mm. and remodeling that and getting, like, the skill set under your belt and then just seeing it as a progression, like an evolution of your your career, basically, of your whole sound, you know? But it will never say this and always evolves and... Right now, it might sound like this. Next year, it will sound differently. Yeah, but like I, I still sound a lot like them in the context. Like they, they put their claps a lot bef- before the snare just to make it more groovy and like it comes out. And like the way they do the bass lines, I still to this day sound like them in a way, you know. And I mean, it's not a, it does I don't sound like them anymore, but like I've, I've kind of taken it in and like still use it to this day, you know. So, right. Those bits and who are some of newer producers and, and artists you enjoy or like you really dig sound wise and like like damn the production's really good lately. Uh Cosmos Midnight. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> Have you heard of them? Cosmos yeah. Midnight. Yeah, like for yeah, me, I, lo- I, I love them. Like the they've you know they've they've nailed everything, you know, the chord progression, the vocals, the bass lines, the production. It's just so perfect, you know. So Right. Yeah. Have you heard have you heard this guy called Frank Moody? Frank he probably did. Who? Frank Moody. Moody. Yeah. I think no. I, don't, I know moods, but not Moody. You know. <laughs> he's very good. Like he's got good production. I'll, I'll definitely check him out. Yeah. While on Frank Moody, Young Franco as well. Oh yeah, Young Franco. Yeah. So many, so many Frank, so many Franks. <laughs> like, he's got a cool style to him. <laughs> uh, and I, I love Wolfpack as well. Um, you, have you heard of Wolfpack? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Those guys have been around for, for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked them a lot before they were all famous. Like, they were just starting, and I was like, these guys are crazy good. Like, because they're not producers, they're more live, you know, and proper I, musicians. I, yeah, and like the way they did the chord progressions, the intermodal changes and stuff, I was like, oh, like, this is what I should be doing. What What's going on? I almost quit, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've, yeah, they've been pretty good. Uh, who else? Uh, I love Louis the Child as well. They're not funk, but I just love right. the productions and like they take a lot of risks. Like they come up with stuff that, that no one's done before and it works, you know? So that's what I think because of Louis the Child, I've gone a little bit more poppy and a little more like 
that not funk <laughs> in a way. Yeah. But it's still kind of do it well, in a funky way. Well, like my next release in July is actually just full pop. Like it's not funk at all. And I'm releasing it with Foundred, which is like a sub-level of Mr. Suicide Sheep from YouTube. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's completely different from what I normally produce. So people might be a little confused. But uh, I think I did a new disco flip that I'll release the next month so that it won't be too weird for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm trying out pop How as well. comfortable are you producing something that's not like your, your go-to <sighs> style? I mean, it's uncomfortable because it's not my arena, you know? Like, it takes a lot longer to come up with sound designs and palettes and knowing which samples work. Because when, when you've been doing funk for a long time, you know which snare works and which Dude, claps. Yeah. easy. Yeah, like, and it comes, like, within seconds, you can come up with what's in your head into the door. But with pop music or something that's not your genre, you're, like, always experimenting, like, how do they get this sound? Why do they do it like that? And, <laughs> and you have to really, like, listen in what they're doing. And you're like, ah, oh, okay. And that takes hours and weeks, you know? And my first few times, it was horrible, but I'm getting better, you know? And same with house music. I love house music. And I tried making it, and the style is horrible, and, but it's, I'm getting better at it, you know? So I'm branching off in a way. Right, that's the same for me. It's like if, if you do anything but your main thing, it's like, oh, uh, no sevens and nines in the chords? Should I dial it back? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what, should, what should I do here? Um, But I still try to limit myself like to the core funk thing and then maybe I I'm good with house, like the 90s Detroit, the dry 909 kind of housey th thing. That's that's close to funk for me. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, what I'm not good with and I would like to get better is is indie pop. Indie pop. Like 80s tinged, lots of reverb, mm -hmm. indie pop. I would I would like to get better in regards to that sound design wise I'm good but songwriting to bring it together that's difficult yeah actually kind of like Car Carly Rae Jepsen style mm, stuff for me I'm dialing it back with the production and I'm, I'm focusing more on songwriting now like instead of just having the same four chord progressions I'm starting to come up with like different verses to the chorus and different bridge and and even like an outro like bridge you know like whereas back in the day I just use the same chord for the whole song But I'm trying to like get better at songwriting and and like not focusing on the production aspect because I've got enough, you know. But I think I can improve on the whole theory side of it. <laughs> right? Do you play any instrument? Uh, my mom forced me to play piano when I was like five, so I can play enough just to you know play. And I play a little bit of guitar as well, but not much. And the talk box, <laughs> if that's an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If you can, if you can do it. <laughs> It is an instrument. Talkbox was it's always so hard to get into a mix properly, like to sit in a mix. Yeah, well, it's so wild and over the place. It's because did you use the banshee, the rock? Yeah, truck? I did. Those are <laughs> yeah. horrible, bro. Don't use those. <laughs> like I had to, I had to make my own because I was so pissed off with the sound. It was so harsh. I could never mix it in, so I ended up just going online and looking up how to make a talkbox, and so you can get a horn driver like a compressor and then put a tube on mm -hmm. it and then I rewired my Marshall amp to power it and then I just use my DX100 to play it. and like you can control the because the Marshall amp has like tones so you can have the mid high and the low so you can control how it sounds so it's less harsher and then after that my I can mix it easy no problem you know so I think it was the talk box that was a problem yeah man that that's awesome I should look into that Yeah, I was never able to mix that into the track properly. I was struggling with that. 
I, I think there's a lot more talk boxes out now because, you know, because of like, I think um, that Bruno Mars track, I think a lot more people were interested right. in it. So there's I, a demand for it. Yeah. And there's a, yeah. So there's a lot of new talk boxes out now that I'm sure will be great, but I'm just using my own personal one. <laughs> and I've even seen one it, that, that's good. Have you seen the one that goes around your neck? <laughs> No. It's like, it looks like headphones and it goes like that. So you don't have to put a no tube in the mouth? No. So it, it makes a noise in in this thing and it, and it goes on your throat and you just have to make vowels and the, the vibrations on your throat, it becomes your vocal cords and you just, it, the robot sounds come out. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I've actually had that with the, my electric shaver. I'd be somewhere around here. <laughs> and then like i could hear like wow <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that guy got the idea like that um so yeah so that's how but i don't think i want to invest like 400 into buying one my talk box is fine so <laughs> nah man oh good man you release a couple of dope remixes for the last couple of months and you're like you've been consistent with, like at least a remix a m at least like there's been multiple a month usually for you um what's the idea behind like why do you remix so much right now Is there like a bigger plan behind it or like it's just you just take it as it comes? Um, I mean, I don't have any plan. Like remixes, I don't actually go and ask the door. They come to me. So, I mean, that, there was a t time where I got like six or seven remixes that I had to do in the like three months period. <laughs> I've even got two more coming out in the next two month, in, next month. But um, yeah, there was just like a huge influx. But at the start, I think when a pop artist asked me for it and it came out and then the group of producer friends and artists were like oh that's a good remix and so they asked me and then that kept going so it was like six people from like right. they're all directly kind of entwined with each other were asking me so i got yeah this i had like six or seven coming like in a row <laughs> which is great and um yeah I, i get new fans and um I, and i get to you know network with them and um like i don't have to invest any money into releasing but it's also but like it's all coming out and like i'm keeping a steady release schedule which is great you know right you know that's also from multiple sides because first of all like you said you don't have to market yourself at all because yeah. you're kind of taking in their their brand mm -hmm. onto yourself you benefit from you're not benefiting but like you well you do benefit from their well you, you, fan base you, you join their, you join forces so you, they get their fans yeah. and i get their fans ben benefiting it. sounds a little bit like you know like you're leeching it's not <laughs> that it's like they benefit from the great great remix and you just you know you benefit from their side of, of um, promotional brand and whatever. Yeah, because like, if you like, if they like the the artist, the vocalist, and I give them a funk twist to it, then they kind of can branch off into different genres as well, which they never would have, you know, tried in the first place. And same with my fans who never liked that guy, they might like him now, you know? So it, it's good for both of us. And I think remixes are great <laughs> and it's fun yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. And how, how do they find you? Like, you don't actively look out for them. Is it like word of mouth by now after many years of... Yeah, I mean, I, I used to just reach out back, like when I was first starting, I don't know if you know D-Cup. Do you know D-Cup? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he was the first guy I actually hit up and I was like, can I remix your track? And then so he actually gave me a chance and I was horrible that then, but he still gave me a chance. And I got to remix uh, one of his tracks and that was my first official remix and then from then on i just kind of try and find acapellas to do it with and you know like, it was a lot of fun and i like i enjoyed it but then now i'm not actually actively looking i just people just come to me now so it's easy <laughs> yeah well you do got a manager right i did 
I got a manager, I don't know how long it's been now. Probably it's been a year now, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Does he, he actively go out and like look out for, for stuff to remix or like to pitch you to someone? Yep. He, he goes around and uh, pitches and like finds me remixes as well. And I get my people asking anyway. And he, he finds me top liners as well and labels that I can work with. So yeah, he's keeping busy. <laughs> that's good. I mean, that that's awesome. If you got someone who's like at least somewhat as invested in as you and your career. Hmm. Somewhat. Because you can never expect someone else to be as invested as, as you because it's obviously your career. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's it's nice to have someone you can just flick off a track and get their opinion and they'll be just honest with you and be like it's it's horrible or oh this is kind of good and then you're validated in your thinking but like i don't need, like i don't have anyone in the industry that i can just send to for opinions and you know get a response so sending it to my manager is pretty good because he'll just kind of tell me what i was kind of suspecting in the first place you know so yeah he grounds me in a way <laughs> did you actively go out and, and look for a manager or did it happen organically um Like he, I think he reached me out because he liked one of the vocalists that I used, and then um, he wanted to, you know, find the girl that I work with. But um, I ended up looking at his roster, and he had a couple of girls in his that he was managing, and I wanted to use one of her vocalists. So that's how we started. And then when I asked him if he had any more vocalists, he was like, "You know what? Why don't I just manage you? Because I really love your stuff, and I think we could, you know." We can make it better. So I was like, sweet, all right, let's do it. Do you, the reason I'm asking, because lots of people ask me like, hey, do I need a manager? When or would you recommend a manager in general? Like how, how do you feel about this whole thing? Because my side of things for me, I always say like get your career to a point where you're super self-reliant and you can handle the influx of work that's coming in. Then you can offload it to a manager. Because if you only look for a manager, to kind of not work and not put into work on the promotional end yourself, that's a wrong approach. That's my opinion, of course. But the way I see it, if, if you as an artist, if you just want to sit in a studio all day, I get it, you want to produce music and, ch and chill, and someone else do the work promotionally for you and network and then talk to people, mm, that's kind of that's lazy <laughs> in a sense. Because at some point, you know, in this industry in 2020, you, you just, you need to be as self-reliant as possible and you cannot offload your, like burdens. You know, <laughs> that aspect to, to, you just cannot expect someone else coming into your life with like lots of ideas and plans and just handle it as, as much as you, you'd like it to be. Well, a lot of people think that a manager or even a big label is like the lottery ticket that nothing's going to happen. And then as soon as a good manager or a label comes, they think, Like everything's gonna just they, they made it yeah, yeah they made it everything's I got a manager just, yeah like but that's not how it works <laughs> like you have to be self sufficient the whole time and doing really well by yourself and then the big labels will come because they're like oh he's doing really well by himself and he's getting no help and if he's doing this well and getting this much traction imagine how much better he'll be doing with our help you know and that's the same with managers so I think you just have to do really well by yourself and then the good managers and the good labels will come naturally I guess yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. buy, a lot of people have that like subconscious like thing that they think is just going to solve all their problems. Like, 
Yeah. yeah, I, I want to get signed. I want to get a manager, and and then what? Like you still got to put in the work. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's not like they, they come come into your life and produce for you and mm. just do the whole thing. Yeah, and it's also like the the prestige that they have in their head. Oh, I got a manager. I must be important. <laughs> I'm signed. I must be important. It's like so many people get signed left and right here in Berlin. So many people get signed. I know people personally sent to Universal. So what? <laughs> like they still don't don't make like any full time money off of this. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people under like Universal or Sony, but then I I l listen to the track and it's like, <laughs> it's it's not yeah, that great. Yeah, first of all that, and then after two years they get used, get chewed up, and then and that's it. That's it. Spit <laughs> out, burn out. And, and used, <laughs> and that's basically it. And if you think about like a label or even the manager, they invest their time and their or their money into you or both. Because they see that they will get something more in return long term. Mm. That that's a business. Yeah. Manager is a businessman. Label is a business. If they invest any money into you, they, they want to get it back <laughs> plus more on top. Mm -hmm. That's course. it. And I gotta see like, okay, this guy is already having fans. He already has good music going on. We're gonna amplify his message, quote unquote, with our distribution methods. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I would use a label is because they've got like unique networking power and like unique blogs and like radio stations that they've got, you know, connections with. Whereas if I use my, like a promo company that I purchased, they've got their own unique, you know, networking. So with labels, some of, some of them have huge outreach. So that's the only reason I would actually use a label. But if they don't even have that, sometimes I get a lot of labels coming to me like, oh, can we, can you release a track with me as us? And it's like, yeah, but you've got no like... <laughs> You got no clout anywhere. Why right, would I release right. it? Why would I give away 50% of my royalties when you're going to do nothing <laughs> with it, you know? Right. Lots of people like, hey, what label should I choose to to release my next song? I'm like, why do you want a label at all? They're like, yeah, because it's cool to have a label. I'm like, does it give you anything in terms of distribution? Did it, did it give you like a wider reach? Or is it just an online label that doesn't have anything behind them in terms of clout, as you said? Mm, yeah, exactly. So um, that's why I'm going between labels and self-releasing because sometimes I feel like I can the song's really good and I can actually just self-release and b get my money back and you know be successful whereas sometimes I'm not sure if I have the right promo company or the the right networking to release it so I'll just use a label and they'll just kind of deal with it you know so mm -hmm. yeah do you, do you got a re release plan what's the usual like promotional release plan for like a single that you want to release on your own I use a I use the same company. It's called Mammal Sounds, and it's an Australian, just one guy. It's called Jez, and um, I I have to send in the track, and he'll schedule it in, and then we'll start like four 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 to five week five weeks prior, and he'll kind of pitch it to a lot of blogs and YouTube channels, and they'll kind of come back and say, yeah, okay, we'll support it, and then he'll get one that'll premiere like a YouTube and a blog, and then when it comes out that. Like I'll have to put all my socials into those premieres and then that's how it gets released. And then for the next two to three weeks, um, I'll just kind of repost all the blogs that's been supporting me. And um, after enough, they, they get on the hype hype, hype machine. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, hype machine is like, for me, it was some of my releases that's had huge help, you know, like I've like some, I think Delicious and Comes and Goes, they're like, like Delicious is 1.8 million streams and that was like my first proper release and like it was really successful but it was because of hype machine because i think it gets mm -hmm. a lot of traffic at the start and then once you get a lot of traffic you, you get a lot of uh spotify 
editorials right. that come in. Right. Once once like those small independent playlists pick you up, then the the algorithm sees oh there's enough traction, mm. then the bigger start start picking you up as well. Mm. Yeah, like delicious delicious got picked up on a dinner playlist, <laughs> funny enough, and it had <laughs> it had like you know three hundred thousand follows on there and like it wasn't doing very well at the start and then as soon as it got picked up on the editorial it was just like like it spiked up you know and then even got a sync deal out of it you know so it was great <laughs> so yes um high machine was great but i don't know if they've still got that sort of power but like i think people are moving on to different platforms but back then like hype machine was pretty good yeah right and lately I've been thinking about this whole thing because I want to release a couple singles next up as well. And luckily, I do have a support structure, like bigger people supporting me and putting putting me on maybe on their labels or like into their playlists. Um, I was just in general thinking about my experience over the last couple of years where I've been releasing stuff with other people or like f- for other people and how how things developed from a promotional standpoint. Like, did the songs pop or not, and why? Mm. And just usually, usually it comes down to, of course, knowing the right people in the industry and like having the connections and then starting small, but like lots of small things can lead to like one bigger thing. And then it just can snowball from there, you know, lots of smaller like blogs or smaller playlists pick you up. And then it just, it just goes from there and gets picked up even by one bigger uh, playlist, like you said, like an editorial playlist. And then it goes from there and then that was that was the differentiating factor like did the artist put in enough work to to spread it to you know enough people and get the snowball rolling or not yeah like i've got maybe like six or seven blogs and about maybe another seven youtube channels that just anything i release they'll post it you know and it's like i'm really thankful for that but like it's something that I've built over the past, you know, two years. It's not something that just happened in one day. But of course. Yeah, but they, they literally, anything I release, remix, original, they'll post it. And it gets like, you know, 400,000, 500,000 of plays on YouTube that I could never do myself. So, and like, you know, and then they come to Spotify after that. So, you know, it's great. <laughs> but it's a very slow process, you know. It's not something you can just slow buy build. or, you know ask them to do uh, no <laughs> they have to no, like, like your to, stuff to break an artist especially into a niche place like this you, you gotta have some grit like you gotta be consistent over a period of time at least a couple of years mm. i mean if you even take the fucking most famous example of billy eilish she broke into the scene into mainstream scene in a year but she had a huge huge monetary machine behind her there was lots of money put into the whole thing to, to break her into the scene. If you want to break into this whole thing as an independent artist, you got to count um, and not bet on luck, but count with two to three to five years of slow build mm. until you're you know at the place where like got a network that supports you and got enough fans supporting you uh, monetarily so you're not sucking your thumb. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been <laughs> producing for a while, but I think I've actually properly starting like st- like put money into it only in the past year or two so i'm just beginning as well you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but your music has been enjoyed for less five to six years at least yeah <laughs> <laughs> at least by our niche how much if that's not a secret how much money do you usually put in into like a release what's your usual budget for for promotion uh probably around like 1500 ish 
like it'll be about a thousand for the promo, which is the most expensive and the most important part. Like your song could be great, but if no one hears it, then what's the point, you know? So promo is the most important. And then uh, I pay for mastering, artwork, and then a bit of um, just ads on Instagram. So it ends up mm-hmm. being about fifteen hundred, yeah. And like I calculated it, and I think it's if you get about three hundred thousand plays on Spotify, that's you, get, you break you, even. Yeah, you break even. So <laughs> I mean, out of all my self-released tracks, I think I've made money on four of them, and I've lost in another four. So it's just been like you know up and down. And you think you've got the formula, and then the next time you do it, it doesn't work. And I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong? And like my promo guy's like, I tried my best, man. It just didn't work this time. And I'm like, okay, well. Let's try again. Yeah. Next. There's an element of luck that you can never like be sure yeah. that it will work. You know, unless you're Drake, <laughs> well, Drake could, could probably you know record him burping into a microphone <laughs> for three minutes, release it, and then it's gonna be like a viral thing on TikTok. Uh, well, he'll still have a million plays because people still track it out, like check it out, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're <it> <laughs> at <was> least. <laughs> yeah, like this. I've been surprised because sometimes I release this track will comes and goes, and it was a very poppy track, and I didn't think it was any good. But I just released it anyway, mm-hmm. and it it did really well for some reason, you know. And there's other tracks that I was like, "Oh, this track's gonna do really well," and then it doesn't. So I get very confused. It's like, what do yeah, you guys? What do you know. want? Because <laughs> like <laughs> you I, never know. There's a song called "Feel So Good," which is like talk box, you know, like a lot of talk box. And then it took me about nine months to finish the track, and it's a very difficult track to make. And I was like, "This Jeez. track's gonna do really well," you know. And it didn't, you know, it just flopped. <laughs> Whereas comes and goes, I made in 20 minutes, literally 20 right. minutes, and then I just tossed it out there and it does really well. And I'm like, seriously? Man, when that happens, that fucking hurts. Like, <laughs> I put my soul into this. I yeah. put myself for many, many months, like, and, and it's not even being appreciated, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> and the amount of, like, time I spent on the talk box take, it's like a vocal take, right? And harmonizing, like, four or five harmonizing. It was, it was a nightmare to deal with. And it was a great song, in my opinion, but no one else seemed to agree. So I was very upset about it. <laughs> but yeah. But but then again, like, a lot of producers hit me up with that song, though. So it works with the producers and the right. people in the, they did, yeah, they, in they the niche market. It. But, they yeah, they appreciate it. But normal people are just like, oh, well, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the target group. Like, why do you release a song? Sometimes you produce music for producers, like you know, just to flex, just to, <laughs> how, to, to flex your skills. Yeah, I guess like, so, listen yeah. to my sound design, listen to my chord choice. <laughs> I guess but it's so. like nor- nor- normal people can't even relate to this. I it's never, like, I never thought of it that like, way. Yeah, jeez, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that happens to me as well. Like lots of people. I have this friend from from France. His name is Fabian. He's probably be listening. Oh, I know Fabian. Yeah. And and dude, he's been he's very good at producing. His sound design is way beyond what what I could do probably because he's so creative. Mm-hmm. But he released one song in two years. <laughs> one song in two fucking years, and then it flopped. Not because it's bad, just because he didn't put the promotional thing behind right. um, the song and he, he just didn't do anything he was absent for two years and he released a song and then he just disappeared and then he just became so unhappy that it didn't give him the motivation um, <laughs> the motivation the roi that he quit music for now wow he just called me I was like, Edwards, i love you like thanks for helping me on this track but i'm, I'm quitting music because 
I'm I'm not talented enough for this shit. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, is this for real? And it's of course not his, you know, lack of talent because he's super talented. It's just to imagine you put two years into your, into into a song, two fucking years. You, you keep on. We probably remix and remaster it nine times until it just hit the wow, right spot for geez. for him. Although I feel like the second version was already really good. Nine times. And then he. Re- <laughs> The thing is, first of all, after two years, the song wasn't fresh anymore. It's just, you know, hmm. two years pass and then the music is not... is the not Style is uh, not relevant anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just past its peak. And at the same time, he made the music not for him. He made the music to impress all of his producer guys who, who were his peers. Hmm. He was peers with... Back in the days, he was peers with... Um, Nicky Romero, Axwell, and those guys, personal oh. on a personal level. Now they're superstars, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna make a track that's way more superior technically than than all of those guys together. I'm just gonna crush it." And then he made a track, and it's just it's for them. It's not for 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 the average listener. Mm-hmm. Like my mom would not listen to the track and enjoy it. He was he was just like, "What is this? What is this kind of you know? <laughs> yeah, what is this kind of music?" And so he made a track basically for producers, not for the average listener to mm. flex and then of course it will flop because you haven't promoted it you put in two years it, it's past way it's peak and then you also make it for for those guys and they don't give a fuck <laughs> they chill somewhere in on ibiza i mean i get that as well like you, there has to be a bit of bit of like give and take so once you release something you need some sort of positive feedback so you get more motivated to do more music that's why i'm releasing one per month so it's like you know you get a bit of like rebound and like if people like it then it's like oh i want to make more music you know whereas if you're not releasing for two years you're going you're you're going silent you know with your fans and you don't get any feedback so yeah and then like who are you fucking (laughs) bruno mars avici like you can disappear (laughs) when you're like bruno mars or like (laughs) def punk (laughs) but if if you're someone average you just cannot take off two years and not release anything a lot of french artists do it as well they just disappear for like five years (laughs) like daft they don't give a fuck like yeah they don't give a fuck all the rosh music people as well like darius like he hasn't come up with anything for the last i don't know how long it's been probably like a year or two but like he but the thing is when he comes out with something it's it's beautiful you know like he it's like a lot of work's been put into it and like i love darius so (laughs) he's he's so good but like he he takes his time but at least the payoff is worth it whereas if it's not then you're in trouble yeah Yeah. that's a whole different social strategy they don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you can afford it if you can do it do it like disappear make the music you want to do come back release it and, and fuck off but I, I used to be like that as well like i used to like have a track and i'll sit on it for months and months and i'm like oh it's not perfect and i'll just keep re redoing stuff and i end up ruining the track because i'm just like over analyzing it and sometimes you just have to like forget about it come back and go it is good okay let's just release it and just take it away mm-hmm. you know because yeah. yeah and that's why i'm just releasing a lot quicker than i should be <laughs> i think i need to dial it back a little bit but yeah like <laughs> but. it's turned out it's turned out it's turned out well i mean most producers that i talk to especially the younger ones they have this grand vision of like hey I need to be with my first fucking release. <laughs> I need to be the best guy that ever released a track. Like I need to reach uh, Def Punk level instantly. <laughs> like I need, I need, I need to be as good as my hero or better with my first release. I'm like, dude, like you realize you're 19. You got all the time that you need to release a track. Like you don't need to be Medion. Like Medion was an exception, not because he wanted to. Like he didn't plan to be a genius. It's just <laughs> the way he was. Mm. And if you can release 
as good music as as median released with 16 then do it but if not like don't kill yourself over it just release whatever music you can and there's room for improvement for the next five six seven eight nine ten twenty years and you can still do better because there's more than enough examples on the other hand like there's people Swedish House Mafia they did the first like the the one track they did that with like 30 or so Mm. you know and it still was good and people enjoyed and started their career way late like you don't have to be extraordinary with your first release and that's that's like that's an ego thing Mm. it's it's a it's a low self-esteem thing where like oh I need to be incredible with my first release and impress everyone around me and prove my parents wrong it's like no (laughs) dude you're young you're putting so much pressure on yourself for this one release that you're you haven't released any music at all you're crippling yourself with that shit and they're gonna be so disappointed when they get like 10 plays on the soundcloud you know (laughs) exactly that's what i mean and then the, the funny thing is i see people they're like 17 18 those young dudes they release actually good music like compare me with 17 and me making like attempts and at, at sampling death punk shit and and what the style that i do right now there's years and years but in between and in terms of quality uh, but at the same time they release one song and the next thing they do they release merch and they like hey i want to tour <laughs> next year it's like dude it's like it's like first song like I, chill I, out like, i know i know some producers and djs who who love the fame and the other aspects but the, not the music that much so it's like the priorities are flipped so they they love the fame and like going on tour and all the promo right. they have a billion have the they have a billion <laughs> promo shots but they don't have any songs it's like i hate doing promo shots it's like opposite to me like i love making music but i hate all the other, other stuff that's involved and that's how it should be. yeah but those guys are just like oh like i want to go on tour like i want to do promotion i want to go on tv i want to do interviews it's like dude what yeah limited edition vinyl for one song (laughs) (laughs) and that's what i've seen like lately that's yeah but they they fizzle out very quickly like they they come in and then like six months later they're gone you know yeah (laughs) they don't even fizzle out they they don't even start they don't even spark (laughs) that's what i mean i talk to those like i offer free coaching calls with and lots of those dudes take them on and just sit down and talk to them like hey dude i got a problem like i've been stuck i have a writer's block what should i do i'm like okay tell me a little bit about yourself like what did you do lately uh in terms of production he's like yeah i've been working on the song for eight months it's not as perfect it almost sounds like this median song but it's not as perfect but i feel like if i add this i'm like dude this is not it like this this is not like the quality is incredible like you should release it and then go on and release the next one Mm. and the next one just move on he's like yeah yeah but i'm like dude i've been doing this for eight months i'm like it's (laughs) not about the time you you put in it's like nobody from the outside cares if you've been working for for eight months 11 months like 15 months because we only see the end result yeah and you you might tell a story visually you might you might film like a behind the scenes like hey i've been working on this for many many months but it's like okay it's just only one song do i enjoy it does it give me any feeling like does it make it happy or sad if yes i'm gonna enjoy it and like follow you and like you and then Mm. you know just go on but don't put so much pressure that this song should give you like the the biggest break in in, in your career with the first release it's like you don't have to prove your parents wrong you don't have to prove everyone wrong you don't have to be like this genius guy with the the first release you know that's not how it is yeah and it's actually the whole process of releasing and like the reception and how how like does well and with the blogs and people like and then you take that experience and then you take that with your next track and then you do better with that track but if you're stuck on one track you're never gonna 
there's no there. development like at I'm, all. On, I'm on my like 15th track now and i've learned so much between those every release i've been it's like a little milestone every time but if i was stuck on one track i'd still be over there you know like back at level yeah. one but like I've some people can take it take take the the grit the ambiguity the the uncertainty <laughs> of of that whole you know of that career path mm. it's difficult like like just think about it it's difficult to you know plunge in into the unknown sit down and create something new and take in the rejection take in the no's take in like the the self-doubt as well mm. all the limiting beliefs that you have in your head it's like oh i'm not as good at this guy am i a copycat right now i will not make it i will not prove my parents wrong take this whole a huge pile of baggage and just sit down and do art and not care about the end result but just for the love of the process and for the love of the music that's difficult man mm. and do it over and over again not everyone can do it <laughs> mm, fabian I'm, i'm looking at you <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know just for the love of the process i i don't think i care about other people's opinion as much that's why i think i can do it because that's if, awesome if i think it's good then it's releasing and it's going out you know even if the ma if my manager thinks it's shit and if i think it's good then it's coming out and if it does crap then so be it whatever you know and it, but if it does good great but like i think i value my own opinion more than anyone else's so I fuck yeah yeah <laughs> and you should the goal of each and every individual should be becoming slowly becoming independent of other people's opinions um and it's difficult difficult and different from from one human being to another human being you know you got your character traits your upbringing i got a different one especially if you grow up in, in a household where like parents are super strict i don't know how your parents are usually asian parents are super strict but like <laughs> they were right. like my parents expected me to be not a musician you know they expected me to be an engineer a doctor whatever and they always disliked music and always like if, if you have dad in your household and then you also grow up in a different country that's you know hostile to you in the first couple of years that puts a lot of pressure for you to to prove everyone wrong like fuck everyone i'm gonna be the best i'm gonna prove everyone wrong and then you f you, you feel this little chip on your shoulder that you, you gotta prove everyone wrong and then just try to overcompensate with whatever you do and it's music for me and then you know when you grow up and you, you're a little bit become a little bit more conscious of yourself you know yourself a little bit more then you actually think about like do i really need it like do i really need to be the best do i need to be that genius or is just my inner child wanting some attention on top you know because everything is good right now like i got a good relation to my parents everything is good i'm feeling good about myself more or less so do i really need to be you know do i really ha need to have five grammys right now <laughs> will i f feel complete you know will i fill my void in my heart if i have like five grammys or whatever whatever yeah. it is that you feel you need in your head and usually that that's what it is for those kind of people And that's not good or bad. That's almost 99% of people, especially in, in arts. That's that's it for me. That's true for Fabian. That's true for the majority of guys I talk to. It's just overcompensation in regards to upbringing, childhood, and whatever surroundings you grow up. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, putting too much pressure on it, I think it will hinder your music because, you know, it, you're, you're not thinking properly. And, like, you're wanting to be like a success in the next, you know, six months. Whereas for me, I'm not really... I'm like, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, I'm still having fun, you know? So and I can just relax and have fun with it. And I think eventually I'm going to, you know, get somewhere, obviously, but I'm not expecting it. So 
like there's no pressure behind it and i've got a main job as well so i've got zero yeah. pressure with Z- finance zero monetary pressure. you know so it's like i'll do whatever i want you know and that's why my music like, it goes all over the place with style because i don't really care like it's it's not my only income you know so yeah yeah and that's awesome man like i enjoyed looking at you from, from the side and you obviously enjoyed this one that's the most important thing putting the love back into the actual in the creational process into discovering yourself in terms of skill set getting better overcoming those little changes and enjoying those you know enjoying mm. the the challenge enjoying the ambiguity and just getting better and just caring for the process more than for the result like ask yourself do i really need to achieve that status in my head like will that really make me happy or am i just overcompensating and just slowly letting go of that and actually enjoying the whole thing for what it is that's what music is you know just mm. enjoyment and just emotions you know i i i enjoy the journey as well you know it's, it's fun <laughs> you know but yeah so, but people are just looking at the like end goal and it's not yeah, happening I need to get there as yeah, fast as possible it's not happening and then they get really <laughs> frustrated and it's like i i used to be like that as well like back in like uni days I was making music and I was like I made my first track and I'm like oh I'm going to be touring with you know <laughs> so and so because of this track and how delusional I was <laughs> now I realize but I see a lot of people still this day they they release tracks and they think it's going to be the next big thing but I'm like oh you're going to it's going to hurt you really <laughs> you poor child <laughs> yeah. poor child like i've yeah. gone through so many of those disappointments already so it's just, it doesn't even hurt anymore it's like uh. yeah that, that shit is sobering because yeah because it's because it's on like they don't no one like like the industry doesn't mess around they like if it's shit then they it's like the result is going to be that like as in no one's going to care but if it's good then they're going to respond to it so they're very honest about it whereas you know when when people give me tracks and like, what do you think? I can't really tell them it's crap because, you know, <laughs> I'm their friend, you know? So it's, right. yeah, but the industry won't lie to you. So, yeah. And like, of course, same with me, like I, back in the day when I thought a song was really great and then I look back now and it's horrible. But the, the scary thing is that I thought it was the best thing in the world back then. And it's like, if you think it's the best, but it's not, then you're in your own little delusional, delusional world, you know? Bubble. Yeah, and that's scary because you'll never know what's good <laughs> if you think that's good, you know? So, but like every six months I re- re-evaluate my tracks and then I think there's a lot of problems in it and that's good because it's, that means I'm improving and I'm seeing mistakes in my production or whatever. So you're constantly improving. But like, yeah, I've, I've got friends who are still stuck in that delusional world. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it takes some a good amount of self-awareness mm. you know to to not lie to yourself to not bullshit yourself until you're the best thing that ever happened just like objectively hey am i that good and if even if i am like what can i do better how can i adapt to this whole thing because there's way more to the whole industry and to the whole thing than just having good tracks and that's it you know there's more to it mm. and you know it like you got to have good tracks but it also Lots of other things have to fall in place for you to be quote unquote successful, whatever that might be. So yeah, I mean that it's kind of scary that it's not nowadays. You can't just have good music. You have to be really active in socials and because labels look at that. You know, they look at how many followers you got and how many plays you got, and you can't just make music now. You have to be the whole package. And 
Yeah, I'm struggling with that whole <laughs> the social media <laughs> stuff. So I'm trying to work out like what my brand is and what I need to post every couple of days. You know, it's it's a difficult. That's the most difficult part for me right now is trying to up my social game. <laughs> right. Well, it's not actually it's not as difficult. It's just it's just hard to do. You know, you actually know what you have to do. I, I bet inside you know what you got to do, but you just don't do it because you know you don't want it deep down. Like you don't see the real need. You, you kind of need it because, you know, everyone should do it. Like, do I have to do it right now? Actually, no, it's not as difficult. You know, you actually have to pick up your fucking phone and talk to it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a, I'm a very private person, so I don't like yeah, sharing. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't like that's sharing what, like what I mean. what's in my house and what I'm doing and what I'm eating. Like I know so, a lot of people love doing that and that's fine, but for me, I like to keep private and I only like to post when there's something really cool or interesting to post about, you know, but it's just like, I don't have that many interesting things to show every day that comes every couple of months or whatever, you know, if I'm traveling right. or whatever, but I, I wish I had content that I could just post every, right. every two I, it's hours. It's not about know? that actually. Like, you know, it's boring to you. Like whatever you do, like wake up, go to work <laughs> and then sit down and work on music. That's boring to you. To other people, it might be incredible because <laughs> realize you're, you're living in New Zealand. You're, you're like this guy for someone else looking at you from India, from Russia, from Ukraine, from Germany, even that, that, that might be incredible because mm. they have a different, and you also maybe they you know they like your music they like your style and and they want to see the behind the scenes stuff what you do and how your day to day look like what you use what you you know how you work out if you do work out like <laughs> all of of that shit is is very important to them and the behind the scenes thing and then from your standpoint social media thing like being successful in social media it's storytelling mm. um everything on social is about storytelling whatever you do you got you gotta watch it through observe it through a prism of, of storytelling does my post tell a story does my instagram story tell any story like does it have a beginning middle part and an ending and if it does that that's good content and it can be whatever it might be but you got to bring in your your character and your unique being into it otherwise if you do it neutrally no one will like it because if you think about the people that you like outside of their music only you like them for their character and i don't mean you have to spaz out like kenny west on on, on stories you know but mm. you like kenny west because he is polarizing like the people that we like that we look up to not look up to but like follow they're usually very polarizing be it positively or negatively to an extent to an extent it's all like depends on the amount that you that you want to go for um but usually it's like that they have like a personal character to them they're polarizing they have their own worldview and they're not afraid to bring that bring that into um their daily being because that that's brand you know that's brand mm. is, is what it is that's character that's your uniqueness are there exceptions to that 100 if you even take oliver he's non-existent he <laughs> he's one right now he's non-existent online except for the odd streams that he did over the last couple months on twitch but then like his music speaks for himself but then again he's he's like style, a producer's artist <laughs> he produces all of them <laughs> yeah definitely but then but then again they they or he he brings it in uh in different ways like the visuals that he has the samples that he releases and the yes, character nice. that his music speaks for that's that's his brand you know that's mm. a whole different thing and you know not everyone can do that yeah like the um <clears throat> the dave barnes 
I remix for the country pop guy. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch his stories, it's hilarious. Like he'll come up with the Instagram filters and then he'll like m- like impersonate a character for every single filter that he has. And literally he has like three a day <laughs> and they're hilarious and he's really good. Like he's really talented. At, like he could be an actor, you know, but I can't believe he, he does it every day, like three or four times a day. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, wow. that's, that's <laughs> I can never difficult. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's his thing. And people love him for it. It's hilarious. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you'll like him. Yeah. It's, it depends on the goal. Like, do you really need it? Do you really want it? If that's your goal, you still gotta adapt. It's just the way it is. Sometimes you gotta overcome your your shyness and your whatever ness, but only if you really need it and if you really want it. If you just feel like you've been forced into it, I feel like there there should be there should be other ways to do it. There should mm. be creative ways because look at look at Dead Mouse for example. He's an ugly prick. <laughs> that's what <I'm> <laughs> that's why no, he's I, a mask. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, like he's he's not a model-looking guy. He's a nerd, like like we are. He's like mm. a nerd that sits in a studio and does like behind the scenes. But he has character to him. Like he's he's witty. He's like he can be an asshole sometimes. Quite like you can yeah. like like him or not. You know, sometimes like oh fuck Dead Mouse or like oh he says good shit about. This guy, it's like th- this is why I like him. He's into gaming. He's got those weird tattoos, and it's all the, the package for it for them. Of course, he got the mouse head, which is like the biggest yeah. thing. But like beyond that, he, he's got character as well, and he's super in- introverted. I, I kind of actually, back in the day, I thought about getting a mask because I hated showing my face in public and like promo shoots. So you know, like Daft Punk, I, I wanted to, but then I realized right. it's just too. Gimmick. I think every one of us thought yeah. about it. It's, it's too gimmick. It's too gimmicky. You know? Like, right. I think Marshmallow was the last one, and then, yeah, from then on, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And by the way, how much do you like Marshmallow's music? How much do I like it? Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> listen to it. It's horrible, man. <laughs> well, my friends enjoy him, so when we went to one of the um, gigs for Marshmallow, I had to join him, and I was like, okay. Like, yeah. There was like flying rainbows and marshmallows in the background. I was like, what is going on? That that's a selling point. Yeah, no, not the marketing's music. great. Like it's I mean good for him, but it's yeah, it's not yeah. my jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not mine. But the mass is cool though. Yeah, but but that's how it is. And it's difficult for me as well. Like to put myself out there to do those posts where I actually talk to the camera. Like I don't like seeing myself on the front camera. Yeah, same. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, my mom said my mom says I look good, but like uh, I don't like you know seeing my eye bags. And like I look tired. <laughs> like I'm getting like I do. Like you're getting old. Like you're 29. You're getting old. Like I don't like to look at myself and then the front <laughs> camera and then like oh I see my fucking you know my face is kind of off this day and like my beard looks kind of funky and like oh I don't <laughs> like this shit. And like then I have to be funny and just talk. But mm. on the other hand, I enjoyed from from a teaching standpoint we can make people feel something and teach them because I got lots of experience to share, I feel like. And then people are thankful for that. And I do have a certain amount of wit. Um, I don't know if I do have it in English because that's my first language, but I do have it in German for sure. Um, and like the character to myself and I feel like that's that's kind of cool and this whole funk lore thing that I didn't start it's kind of you know it's it's <laughs> getting cartoonishly funny so I just make memes out of it so that's kind of cool yeah I feel like I'll just go with it and, and build my brand and I don't have anything else you know I, I this is my full-time thing I want to build it up as much as possible I want to do master classes I want to teach more I want to mix more I want to produce for bigger people so I don't know. I just roll with it and make the best out of it. And from one from one side, I don't like it as much. There's lots of stuff that I don't enjoy. And, but on the other hand, there's 
good stuff that I do enjoy and I get to talk to people like you and that that's a huge blessing and I really appreciate that. And I and I appreciate people even, you know, listening to me and following me and, and appreciating my stuff on online. So, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful and um, not thankful for <laughs> what's happening. Do, do you feel like you're, you're progressing as quickly as you want or do you think there's like a whole gap in between where you're like doing nothing's happening? That's a good question. Um, I do have like proper goals that I set for myself, but I'm not too like focused on them. So, like I don't need to reach them this year to be happy. This is only mm. like a guideline for myself. Yeah. And if, if I'm if I'm making progress and I do make progress because if I look at myself and any insight from a pers- personal standpoint, my you know psychological well-being, my intellect, my skills, and the way I just improve in any aspect over the course of the last one, two, three, four, five years, there's always been a progress. Like each and every year progress, there's no regress happening. I'm happy about that. I'm mm-hmm. generally happy, happy like progressing and seeing uh, myself becoming more like better in, in certain aspects, more outgoing, more like, you know, okay with myself and, and skilled as a producer. That's making me happy. So I'm putting the, the enjoyment in, 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 into that. Yeah, like I I noticed that if I if I don't make progress in like the three weeks or four weeks, I start getting a little upset and depressed and like you know like I feel like I'm not moving forwards and moving backwards. So yeah, I notice I have to keep pushing and looking for you know a little bit of goals. Like like this recently, I had nothing coming out for a long time, and I finally reached 100k monthly listeners, and that like really motivated me more. You know, so it's like little things that really help. But I feel like when there's a huge gap, like I, f- I get a little depressed. <laughs> yeah, I get it as well. Like if I, if I feel I'm not needed by people, if I don't bring any value, I feel useless sometimes. You know, <laughs> if I don't give people stuff, if yeah. I don't give them value, if I don't teach them shit, if I don't give them podcasts, if I don't give them anything to, you know, to feel good about, I feel, and I feel like, you know. It's it's bad because I'm making my happiness dependent on other people's yeah. opinions and like approval, and that's not too too not good healthy. overall because you always feel dependent on something else, you know. Mm. Um, on the other hand, it's kind of forcing me to step up and not being a bitch and <laughs> you know d- deliver in the end. Yeah. So it, it's good and bad on, on the same end. I feel like no artist who's like completely okay with himself and and feels fulfilled will make really good art. Because if, if everything's good, why sh- why should you bother making good art? Like if, <laughs> if you feel super happy about yourself, you're like, oh, I'm content with my life 100%. Why should you feel the need to, to create something? You know, mm. you, you, you don't crave the attention. You don't crave the applause. You don't crave any positive approval. So you don't have the motivation to do anything. That's true. <laughs> to, to an extent, you know? Yeah. You know, you might still enjoy it for what it is, just for the creation, for, mm-hmm. for the like the, the aspect of, oh, I'm creating something beautiful. And that might be your motivation. But usually for artists, that's, that's always like an, a lack of something that you try to compensate. Yeah. And it's healthy. Like that's healthy yeah. to an extent. Because like a lot of artists, they have, they don't, they don't, they're not good looking or they don't have a lot of like, I don't know, popularity in normal life, but with the music, they get to kind of escape. Yeah, that's where they derive the self-worth from. I I get Mm -hmm. that. That's why you don't get like too many good-looking producers because if you're good-looking, why would you be producing? You'd be be out partying, having a good time. If if you're good-looking, then you're you're the chain smokers. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, you're one track. It's lots of people are gonna hate me right now because I keep shitting on them. Well, I actually enjoy some well, of their no, stuff they're lately. A, they're a one trick pony. Like they came up with their one song, and then from then on, yeah, they the, didn't the know. selfie thing. Yeah, but they they, did. they didn't even produce. Uh, <laughs> no, but they dun, 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 like that stuff. Like that. That's all they have. Like musically because oh, every single thing, yeah. every single track after that I've listened to it and I'm like that just sounds like your first track and then the fourth Copy track pace. It Copy sound, and yeah pace. and I'm like how many times are you gonna do it like it's people are gonna lose interest <laughs> dude like change up the instruments get another top liner on get another feature on there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like I think it's because they got famous too quick they didn't get to develop like they didn't have a long burn at the start to you know progress right. where they just got but the thing so is quick. i knew them before they got the selfie song because before they blew up and they made really good remixes they made really creative good sounding remixes mm, not like funky shit but they, they make like they made like electro and progressive house stuff and it was really good maybe the label won't let them do it they just like keep churning out the same track yeah maybe they're feeling confined to to the stars that they have to do like the mainstream thing like oh we need to do this shit and keep the whole train rolling. I don't know, man. I, I don't want to be a hater. Some of their stuff is good and creatively uh, solved. I, I don't know. I, li I like the track, but it's just like, don't do the same thing four times. <laughs> you know? Right. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only problem I had with it. I don't hate anyone at all. Like, everyone does, does the best they can, honestly, given the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, but in regards to that, yeah, you, you don't really get lots of good-looking producers. Yeah. <laughs> At least not those who s stick around for long, you know? It's there's, hard there's work, always man. like, Yeah, either you're fucking ugly and you overcompensate with, like, good music, <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, but, like, I, the, the reason I don't like to show my face is because I don't, I don't want people to, like, like, incorporate my music with my face. Like, I just want them to listen to my music as it is. Because I've had times where I really enjoy the track, and then I saw the producer, and he's... You know, just like some like overweight guy with glasses, and it somehow just kind of like detracts. Like it kind of right makes shifts the perspective. Yeah, and you're like, why? Why the track's great, but why would I do that? It was a very subconscious <laughs> thing that I didn't have any control over, and I realized that could be the same with my music as well. So I think that's why I don't like to show my. F if you look at my Instagram, there's not a single face. It's all just like behind because <laughs> I don't like to show my face. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's an insecurity or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is is that necessarily bad in the end? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you know the producer ne Naked? Naked, Naked. Yeah. Yeah, like he does that as well. He's not the m most good looking dude, but he always like hides himself with his hat and, he, you know, he does it in a cool way. So, yeah, I, I enjoy that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this is, this is a good standpoint because if you think of, of the other side as people, they try to get famous at whatever cost. Like, they want the clout, they want the attention, because they feel like that will give them, you know, better resources in life, more sex. And I understand it. Like, who doesn't want, like, have great great sex like with the women or, like, men they, they, they actually want, you know? Mm. That's a good thing. But, like, if you think about it, the whole TikTok culture, this is, this is why TikTok people become... <laughs> famous because it's built on that like 15 year olds doing those silly silly dances just because they want to get famous for nothing like for just because they're pretty or like for whatever i, I can't I, I downloaded the app and i know how powerful it is with them for music but i just i can't, I can't do it like it's so narcissistic like it's like it, yeah beyond it's like beyond look how sexy i am like just look like just, there's every single one i'm just like god can, can you stop 
please. <laughs> and they're like yeah. 14 as well. And it's like, you that's know, what I mean. They're too young. I've been conflicted about as well. I've, I've been thinking just, just about the whole thing yesterday. I was on TikTok. I'm, I'm not active at all. I was just scrolling through the videos. I'm like, I was trying to understand what is it behind <laughs> this app that makes it so addictive that is like picking up pace so fast that it's becoming bigger than Instagram and Facebook slowly. And it's just, first of all, it's it's so brilliantly designed on engineering end. Like you're a software engineer. If you look at the whole thing from an engineering standpoint, TikTok for me and how I word it, it's it's the Twitter version of YouTube. <laughs> you know, it's like YouTube videos, but in Twitter format because Twitter is like short, digestible content, yeah. 140 characters. Quick, but in video form yeah. like yeah quick and easy yeah so you get those dopamine shots each and every 15 seconds like those little dope <laughs> yeah dopamine bursts and it's getting you hooked it's getting you hooked like you know like a hooker on on, on crack <laughs> it's getting <laughs> it's getting a hook to this whole ecosystem of small dopamine this is why you like memes like you scroll through memes on on instagram explore memes 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 and like you look for the next like dopamine hit that's the same thing times 10 on on tiktok and then the whole I'm gonna be successful and, and get the attention that I crave in life overnight, mm. which is possible because it, you can get like million millions of of views and likes on your dancing video just because you look half decently or you like dance uh, in in like skimpy clothes. <laughs> have you have you heard that apparently the algorithm only puts like attractive people on the top yeah yeah is that yeah. true is that this verified is, yeah it's fucked up yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> so um i know from marketing standpoint i understand it J just from a pure intellectual marketing standpoint okay this is cool this is good shit but from a personal ethical standpoint i'm so not <laughs> positive in regards to it at all do you think it'll burst in there? Like it's 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 the big thing right now. Like it's Instagram's slowly dying and TikTok's it's gonna up. it's gonna pick up even more. Wow, it's gonna pick <laughs> up. I promise. Really? As 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 soon as they implement like an ad strategy into it, all the marketing guys will jump on it. I promise. Mm. It's just yeah. I was on this profile from this German singer, and she's got she's the most famous like teen, not teen, but she's my age, but like young woman singer thingy here in germany she's got one million followers on instagram and then each and one of her posts gets about like a couple thousand likes just only a couple thousand likes mm. and then the same post that she does on instagram on tiktok per post get over a million views wow per post like this this amount of organic reach hasn't been possible on instagram since 2016 probably when we still had to be so and, yeah, yeah. This is fucking crazy, and just imagine the amount of like clout she's getting, which with every video, and she's she's not doing anything in particular. She's just being pretty. That's yeah, it. She's not singing. She's not showing off any skills. She's just being pretty, and <laughs> and the amount of likes she's getting is incredible. So I'm pretty sure TikTok will get even bigger um, but, but than like, it is right now. Won't it get boring? After like how many sexy dancing videos can you go through until you're just like, well, like what more is there to this? Like. I could I couldn't last like three minutes. Like yeah. if I want to watch that, I could watch porn. Like you know, like, like and that's even more entertaining. Like like you know, I don't need this. You know, like and like I don't know how people just keep going through that. And like, yeah, but yeah, it's boring to us. But think about the 14, 15 year olds. Like how much how much it's it's in their brains. Like what do they think? They don't think about that. They only consume it. 
They only yeah. consume. They don't think from a critical standpoint. They just ingest it as as it is, and they want to be the next big thing. <laughs> Can you imagine fifteen year old chicks getting million millions of views on each and every video, and they're like, they also get million contracts, like million dollar contracts for 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 have you, have to you wear like of, clothes. Have you heard of like TikTok houses? <laughs> I just heard about yesterday. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? The? Like 15-year-old kids going to a, like a mansion and like six of them. Like, yeah. Why do they and have making to... Making bank. Yeah, but why, why do they bank. have to be in their house? Like, why well, can't they do that at home? Did it's get... like the whole big, big brother thing. Oh. You, know? Wow. you know, the whole... And the parents allow that? 16-year-old <laughs> the kids? They, they make money off of it too. Oh, I guess that's they Ameri- that. That's American culture as well, you know? Mm. But like, how how are you making money on TikTok though? Like, as in, do you get sponsors and then do you? I, I know how it yeah. works on Instagram. You just get yeah, you get influencer influencer marketing. Just companies they see how much views you're getting. Just imagine you on Instagram will get a million likes or or like video views on each and every one of your posts. And then fucking UAD reaches out to us like, hey, I'm go- we're going to support you monetarily, and we'll give you all the gear that you want if you use it in your videos. So TikTok people like bring the product into the TikTok video. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I don't watch it, so I don't know. But I know yeah. on Instagram, they're like, "Oh, look at this lotion that I'm just happy yeah. to be using." Skin, like, skinny <laughs> detox tea. You know, it's like, "Oh yeah, oh look at this watch." Like, oh, <laughs> the same watch that I've seen with all the other influencers. You know, it's like, jeez. Yeah, that's the same thing on 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 TikTok, like creative product placement. Yeah, but I yeah. I, I don't mind it when they do it like in a like a smart way but sometimes it's just like here it is <laughs> buy it <laughs> <laughs> well whatever it is i mean it's i'm not mad or bitter about it it's just the way it is i i see things i see the cause and effect i see how i see my little brother who's seven and how much time he spends on you know on his ipad on tiktok as well seven year old yeah. brother is on yeah. tiktok <laughs> enjoying the content he's, he's not he's not making any yet no no no, no but he, uh, he's he's yeah. on tiktok wow okay. he, he's on tiktok yeah he's wow. consuming it yeah i thought he, it was like 12 and, like, and above <laughs> you can't you can't do anything about it like try to try to not allow him to do it he will go into like temper tensions jeez <laughs> yeah i see the cause and effect i see how how it develops i'm, I'm not bitter mad am i happy about it no like i don't like it but it's just the way the world develops and just you know just take it take it as it comes and that's it because i do see the only re- reason i had interest in it is because i saw a lot of producers get like instantly famous with an overnight because of you know some tiktok video and i was like oh, okay so that's a cool way to do it but then how do you actually control it like it's is it based on luck or is it you know because like if one famous person does it then it carries on to the like a pyramid but if like can you actually control that though you know like right because i think justin bieber tried to like come up with a dance move for yummy and no one did it and it just flopped and it, like because they were trying to force it into their throats whereas even a big label can't do it then how is anyone else able to control it so it's basically on luck <laughs> yeah you know, yeah pretty much of course you gotta be somewhat creative and in context to the platform and give give people what they need like some some easy digestible 15 second thing that they can enjoy but yeah, well, like an time, interesting song that is danceable or mimic too, you know? Yeah. I wonder or if like, people are know. making music to that, you know, like, mm, what would explode on TikTok? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like the ones where they make like weird noises, like, bloop, bloop, and then they act it out. 
Right. Yeah. Um, the guy who I, who I released a song with just just two days ago, Asher, he's got like a thousand followers on Instagram. Some I don't know, but he exploded on TikTok because he started doing um, music theory stuff because he knows music theory really well, right. and he explains in a funny way, which just takes like forty seconds and like, hey, do you know how to do this chord? And like, does like a Star Wars theme, like how to combine this or like how to memorize um, like chord changes or like whatever. And then he's getting on average like three to four thousand views up until like sixty, seventy thousand views per video. That's this good. is incredible for mm. like you know organic discovery. But you cannot control it. Like there's no. It used to be you know like uh, Instagram used to be where you put in the hashtags and you know it will pop if it's cool. Yeah. And you can get into the top whatever hashtag. I don't know how it works on on TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> No one knows the algorithm I mean, yet. Yeah, yeah. Y- you can use some hashtags, but like, if I go onto TikTok, I don't, I don't search for hashtags at all. It just comes to you, and you just take it. it just, yeah, it's just, it's just like, like the explore page on on Instagram, without anything mm, else. Just so, random pops up. I don't know, but I, it will become one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing, um, down the line. One hundred percent. I guess we're gonna have to adapt and get on it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point. I mean. What else you want to do? <laughs> Not TikTok. <laughs> Anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, homie. Um, what's coming up on your end over the next couple of months in uh, terms of like release releases? Wise? Yeah, uh, I've got two remixes coming out in the next month or two. One's for uh, Shadow Boxes. They kind of they kind of sound like like harmonizing Wolfpack, like more on the vocals and the instruments. I love them. Um, that's the Animals one that I showed you. Yeah, right. So that one's coming out in the next month or two, and another one for Funk LeBlanc. Um, I did it like three years ago for him, but never actually got onto the TSPs. So I'm just releasing it now because people kept asking for it. So I've got two of that. And then I've got one original coming out next month as well. Um, that's the pop one that I mentioned on mm-hmm. Found Red. So that's it for now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Do you got yeah. plans for most solo original stuff? EP, yeah, I mean, my plan well? is to release one per month, like always. Because like if you think about it, yeah. even with one per month, that's only twelve tracks, and I could do more. Like I could triple that, you know? Right. But um, yeah, so I'm always trying to do one per month just to keep. Yeah, but you're still super consistent. I love that, you know. Mm, and I'm it never disappoints. I'm, and I don't want to. Don't want to blow like smoke up your ass. But it never disappoints. It's always like it's your style, but it's creative. It's musical. And it's actually good shit. So each and every song release, I actually enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, do I even have a style though? Like I, I feel like I'm jumping everywhere with. <laughs> Can you hear an actual style? Yeah, the the bass. The bass the is base. like oh, oh, the bass also recognizable. Right. Like the way the way you do the bass lines, the way you just just arrange them and just do the patterns, they're like very very you. I right. would say. Yeah, a lot of people do say that, but I I don't see it though. Like I feel like I'm just emulating, you know, other disco French producers. <laughs> so I don't feel any. It's my style at all because I guess I'm copying that as well. But yeah whatever <laughs> still sounds cool <laughs> it's dope Thanks. so do we actually plan on on becoming a little bit more active socially or is it something you still like debating on like do no no, I, no. Do I, it I, I have to like that's that's not there's I no question to. about it <laughs> so i'm actually even like thinking about doing like trips just so i can have like photos and footage and just interesting things about new zealand yeah do video don't do photo con do video like really video yeah, tell like, a story yeah videos, storytelling videos and music tell and a fucking like story if, yeah. if i can watch a story of you just vlogging going to anywhere in new zealand because i never been to new Z- actually <laughs> like an ex-girlfriend of mine left me 
like nine or ten years ago or eight nine years ago and she went to new zealand for like a year backpacking and then she came back with like this huge new zealand tattoo on her on the, on the side you know like the, the co- whole the, the, the country the, yeah the whole country like the borders <laughs> of new zealand like on the whole side i'm like are you fucking crazy <laughs> I, just, I just saw her like two years ago and you know it was the first time seeing her after like but yeah lots of backpackers there yeah a lot of americans and uh, europeans love new zealand it's yeah it's it's a beautiful place like where i live it's not that great auckland's just average city but if you go down south like into queenstown that's where like it's just absolutely stunning yeah if i can watch a vlog like a 10 15 minute vlog on youtube or like igtv where you go in and explain anything and you do some music man i'll watch it and share it you know (laughs) like cookies if you can do that, just tell a little bit of about yourself. Tell the story. And that's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm definitely like, like I have that mindset. Every time I travel, I'm like, okay, how much content can I get out of this now? Because right, and you don't need much much gear as well. Like, I mean, you can buy like some elaborate camera, but all that I do is I use my. Where's my phone? Yeah, I use my phone for it. <laughs> I even bought a camera. <laughs> that's how serious See? I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like all of a sudden, I'm now a photographer. You know, like, I have to storytell. I didn't sign up for this. You know, I wanted to make music, <laughs> and now I have to create content for yeah. everyone. It's like, come on, right? I want to sit down and click the piano roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like these are things I have to do. Like I'm forced to do it. You know, even if I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you find like the the joy in, in cutting it up in Final Cut or Adobe After Effects and splicing it up and tell a story visually. It's very similar to music as well. Mm. It's very similar. If you if you put that whole thing into into Final Cut and just splice up a story together, it's very very similar to music. It's like, oh, what's the intro? How can I transition that to like to like the middle part? Oh, this is the drop. This is the juicy part. Mm. So um, yeah, very, like, very similar. I, I'm now editing my videos. I have to like go on Photoshop. You know, I've I've got a camera and I got to do my filter. Like, I'm, I had to research all the stuff, and it's not even part of music. You know, so right. But I mean, like I think once I nail it down like once i know how to do it i think i'll have fun but right now it's all about like going on youtube and looking up how to you know like how to make my like wave move in the adobe effect and you know stuff like, <laughs> like you'll see in my next wave po- like the remix is called waves and for my post i have to i've got the title but then i made it like move like with the wave and the picture right but it took me like right. three hours to do it. <laughs> like, with a youtube and it's nothing but it took me three hours you know so <laughs> but it's right it looks good so well that's the most important part yeah man whatever you do storytell and i'm i'm gonna enjoy it 100 and people are gonna enjoy it 100 yeah hopefully um yeah I, I mean i take a lot of you know like hint like points from like you and like dirty radio does it quite well as well he's always very active like he's working out like 90 percent of the time <laughs> yeah well man it's a good point to end it on this one i feel like it's been a fun talk it's been an un- unusual talk because usually i'm like hey how about this question and this question it's good to go a little bit you know how I would actually talk to you in real life mm. you know even if you don't know someone that well, and we're not, we're not like best friends, but if you just try to find some common ground and then, you know, 
talk about music, which is always a good thing. Um, those are the podcasts that turn out really well and, and people respond to them well because it's not like, hey, welcome to the podcast, let's roll and just put this facade on and just... Like an interview, talk, yeah. Yeah, talk down. I don't like this. That's, so that's, why Joe Rog- podcasts, that's why Joe Rogan's so good because he just kind of asks he one or two questions. Whatever. Yeah, and then they just go off in tangents and sometimes it's really insanely good and sometimes it's boring. Right. Like, it's a bit of a risk, yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, I think just letting people talk is good way to go and less formulaic <laughs> yeah i don't i don't like those podcasts where it's like interview and 10 <laughs> points how to get successful welcome <laughs> to the party you know this stuff it's just whatever just talk about what's on your mind and let people share thoughts as well yeah so yeah All it's right. been a pleasure man thanks a lot that, was, that was by the way everyone listening that was the second podcast i didn't do the <laughs> intro i will not do an outro that was the second time we recorded because the first time we recorded like a couple months ago and man, I fucked lots of the recording up on my end. So it was was not even usable <laughs> to cut it up and put into the podcast. And yeah, I feel like this one was even better than the first one. Well, yeah, because I think we already had Over. a chat, you know, and we got all that like nervous thing out of the way. And like you weren't as tired and I wasn't as tired, you know, because I just woke up and you had like your first podcast already. So it was just not a good time for both of us. Right. Yeah. I feel like this one is going to be dope. All right. All right. Thanks for coming on. It's been enjoyable. No worries, man. It was fun. I'll, yeah, keep an eye on your vlogs from now on. <laughs> <laughs> if I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wish you lots of success with the releases, everything that's coming out. I'm supporting you as much as I can. Yeah, thanks, man. And Same goes for you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, I want to hear it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Catch you in a bit. Enjoy the rest of your hopefully productive night <laughs> and later. All right. See you, man. All right, all right, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, feel free to give me five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, depending on where you're listening. Maybe recommend it to a friend or two. That would highly motivate me to bring even better guests on the podcast. And it also makes my pants tingle. Anyways, uh, next week I'm joined by Edis. Edis is a producer from Oslo, Norway, and he's one of the most creative and catchiest producers i discovered recently for myself and unrelated to our podcast he actually worked with la felix and la felix released a remix of Edith's latest track and it's amazing i highly suggest visiting la felix on spotify and just listening to his discography again thanks for listening and i'll see you next week bye bye